I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. From a land far, far away where success is a long shot and the struggle really is real comes a voice from the depths of the concrete, the bowels of the BX, a voice that can't be silenced, here to share his positivity. Welcome to the Hope of the Hood podcast. Guys, welcome back to the Hope of the Hood. Um, doing good. Second week of the, third week of the year. Third week? Yeah. Third week. Fourth week. Fourth. Yeah, it'll be the did fourth week. Did you guys week. do the first, the January 1st show? Oh, yes, we did. Also oh, fourth week. So this is the fourth week, probably one of the best weeks ever because of today's guest but before we get into that uh make sure you check me out better days every other wednesday the next show is actually on the 31st um i don't really have the i just i know sife is gonna be on it oh really yeah i, I locked him in like early this month wow. unless he has to fly to japan or some crazy shit you know you, you never know. know with him dave Chappelle might call him dave Chappelle might be like yo pop up sh- sh- pop up show madison square garden uh, so yeah, better days. Three hundred two Broom Street every other Wednesday. It's free too. Free ninety nine. Best lineups. Best fucking uh, staff. And you got me. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> what right. more do you need? You got me, right? Uh, Dan, how you feeling? I'm feeling good. You making feeling moves great. out here? I am I making see moves. We're not gonna get too into yeah. it, but you're making moves, and I'm fucking proud of you, bro. Thank you. Buddy. Go, Dan. I'm proud of this fucking guy. You know too. what I'm saying? He's out here, young, young, young Billy Iveen over here. You know Poppin'. what I'm saying? I like the other name you gave me better. Young Algorithms? No, that, not that one. <laughs> Which name? Vanessa Williams. Oh, yeah, young Vanessa Williams right here, you know what I'm saying? Because he be finessing. Situation. He finesses. Okay. So you doing good, though? I am. How's the confidence? How's the spirit? Oh, it's it's up there right now. I seen you in a suit earlier. I wasn't. I was in a jacket. Don't call it a suit. Yo, don't be embarrassed to be fly, son. Don't call it a comeback. Don't be embarrassed. All right, cool. cool. Guys. We're gonna start this. Uh, you may have heard our guest, our guests—is it guesses? Our guests, our guesses—his voice. You know, this is a homie. Like this is a, this is like you know, people say day one, but it really be like day thirty. This is like a day one, a one from day one. Um, this is someone that like I was thinking about this on the way here. Like if you don't have a friend that in, that you can look at and and like get some sort of inspiration from, you're doing it all wrong. You should have everyone, even if it's just one, even if it's a friend you don't talk to all the time. This should be someone in your life that you can, like, fortunately for me, I have a few people like that, but this is definitely one of those people. Um, I've known this guest since Miami. 
and I was telling her, I was telling her early. I know I've known her since before I even had a fucking direction or dream or goal or anything like that. And she was she always had like I didn't know what the fuck she was doing, but she had some type of fire in her that was different than all the other friends that I was hanging out with, and it was crazy. Um, right now she is the executive producer, co-executive producer. co-executive producer for Love and Hip Hop Miami. Um, she is also you do so much because I can't even like you. Um, she, well, yes, tell me something. She was what, supervising producer of Love and Hip Hop New York. Um, I started um, casting producer since uh, season three, and before then I was uh, just kind of helping Mona out with like the premiere parties and stuff. Um, but I started casting season three of New York, and then I've done a little bit in every single one of the cities but yeah prior to uh miami my baby i you know was supervising and you know just grew up just you know climbed the ladder from the start with the company i started hold on hold on i didn't say her name yet relax wow sorry i I had one thing hold on let me just can i say her name and i have worked together before so that's how he has so much knowledge of me all right people mari carmen lopez everybody linkedin her google her find her she's a fucking beast in the game yo oh thank you Petey. thank you so much for coming thank all right i'm sorry I, did, I didn't mean to interrupt him like that what were you gonna say i started in my reality game with Marty. Mm. that was my first reality job. how was it working with this guy back then because he's like that was like definitely rough cut then had to be he was always really enthusiastic always willing to learn always trying to help and you know just the way us all trying to start from somewhere and like kind of grinding the cast loved him that's one thing the cast had a good rapport with him and they thought he was just the funniest thing so yeah dan the man dan oh. the man oh you're the only one that calls him no, i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> all, right. <laughs> all right all right here we go uh Marty, this is big because you know i'll be like i watch you I, i'm like yo that's the homie that's like Yo, like for real, for real, because you know, like, no, but for real, like me, I'm just trying to figure this shit out. So like, I remember, I always remember in like 2008, I believe that's when I met you, 10 years ago. Oh God. She was always like her, like how I look at Dan a lot of times, I, I can understand him because of people like you, because you were always into like the next thing and like a perfect example. Drake, I always use this. Oh my! Two thousand and eight, so far gone, right? Mixtape. Okay. And she was like all about Drake, and I couldn't. And this is before he blew, and I couldn't understand it. I'm like, yo, who the fuck? And I'm like, just singing shit and rapping. I was hating. Super hating. Everybody was hating. I used to love the freestyle he had with Ransom (laughs) back in the days. Oh my god. Yeah, I fu- Drake's number one fan. But back yo, then, so I like, yeah, he he deserves you owes he owes you something. But like, so you always was like, and then so fast forward to like me seeing this dude blow up and like not like we you know you went off to do your thing and I went off to do whatever the fuck. And I would always remember you because I'd be like, Yo, Molly already knew, like before anybody that I knew knew about it. You always remember the person that knew first. And that shit was dope. So, like, have you always had that, like, sense for the next thing? I guess you call that a tastemaker. I don't know. I mean, I, I liked what I liked. Mm-hmm. Um, I was never, like, oh, I'm, like, this is going to be the next thing blowing up. I just, whatever I felt, I 
pushed for and I was passionate about and I didn't care who was on the bandwagon with me. Mm-hmm. I started the bandwagon and you know that's how I was with, with everything in my in my life. So take me take me take me to like you used to work at uh was a when I met you you were working at the comedy club. I was working at the comedy club. Was it was that 10 years ago already? I was like at the end of working at the improv. I I started at the Coconut Grove improv rest in peace to that wonderful establishment and um i was in college i was waitressing and i started bartending in like other restaurants and just kind of you know i was always a very social person so doing that and i was always of service to people i was it was an easy thing for me i was in college so it was easy money as well and that's how i started getting to learn a lot of people and meet a lot of folks and that's how i ended up meeting the uh vp of marketing at slip and slide records Mm. in miami and uh she brought me in for an internship i didn't know i was like yes but i didn't know what to really expect and that's how i guess it all started so how do you go from working at a job (laughs) where you're getting paid did you ever intern at anything before no so like how did you wrap your head around like yo It's like the concept of interning is like, yo, you're going to do mad work for free. Like, how did you, did you initially wrap your head around, like, no, this I is going to take me somewhere? I or? didn't. She had, she, Wendy Morgan, shout out to her. She, uh, she came in with one of the artists at the time that were at the label, and they, we had a really big Tuesday night. Um, it was like the Urban Comedy Tuesday. And, uh, she, I guess, liked my personality. She's like, you know, you should come in. I think you'd be great to do some stuff. I said, okay. And I came in and, you know, she hired me to be an intern. And I never stopped working my regular job. Mm -hmm. Like, even when I got into management, I didn't stop. Like, until I got my first booked gig and I was out. That's when I was like... What what do you mean booked gig? Like, when I first... um, Slip and slide. I was there interning for about six months doing like public relations things, and then they ended up signing a wonderful act called Jagged Edge. <laughs> you may have heard of him. <laughs> you may have heard of Jagged <laughs> Edge. You may have heard of him. And um and Ted Lucas, the CEO of the label at the time, you know, was kind of molding me to get into management because, you know, I, he felt like I could do a lot more than just publicity, and you know, I signed on and um to the management team for the label called Boss Man Management and my mentor Byron Trice has kind of taught me the ropes and stuff. Uh he uh he put me on with Jagged Edge and you know So you were managing about, Jagged Edge. I was label <laughs> managing. So the management division for the label, they were handling him and I was dealing with them. So I was on the road and I was help, I was you know doing day-to-day stuff with their product manager at the label and their own management team. So within 6 months you went from intern to I feel like label I w- management. I feel like I was still kind of intern. Like it was, it, it's so weird. It's like so hard to like say, you know, yeah, I was, I was, I had the title, but I didn't have the knowledge. Mm. I w- winged that project for over a year. I winged it trying to figure it out. I just, you know, I, I had a sense of money. I had a sense of people because, you know, I was on the road with them. So I would help deal with a lot of the money, but I was winging it. Mm-hmm. You know, I I, I, I I had the title, but I definitely didn't, you know, have the knowledge behind the title yet. So I, I took a lot of... So you were, lear- you were learning on the way. Yeah. You know, I think Ted saw something in me and the entire company saw something in me that I didn't see in myself. And they gave me an opportunity and they put me along with somebody who did manage for a long time. So I think that was my saving grace was the fact that I was being led by people who were definitely knowledgeable and, and very 
well known in the industry by what they did. So I definitely couldn't have done it by myself. Okay. So mm-hmm. you you mentioned something interesting uh, because I feel like the same, like parallel kind of with me. But did you ever feel, <clears throat> excuse me, did you ever feel something special about yourself? But there's like that doubt of maybe like you think something special, but it's like the thing that just keeps you going until you hear someone else like or you see someone put some sort of faith in you or they'll tell you something like yo you got this like did you ever have that prior to these people that kind of like i felt like i had something special yeah like to yourself i felt like i felt like i always looked for reassurance of people especially starting off in the business because i wanted to make sure that i wasn't fucking up and i fucked up we all fucked up you know, but I, I was definitely not, you know, I kept pushing forward. That's the one thing. I didn't live in my sorrow and I didn't live in my, you know, my mistakes, which I think a lot of us um, tend to just kind of live and unpack and when we fuck up. Right. So I fucked up a lot, but, you know, I kept pushing and I kept trying to figure it out and I kept being persistent and um, not allowing no's to happen in my life. And I think that's what gotten me to where it's gotten me to you know i still have a long way to go but um yeah i just after that Mm -hmm. after slip and slide after jagged edge right what was the next step well what wasn't what was the next thing for you it was it was it was all happening around the same time there was like i think all the steps were happening together so i was at slip and slide for until 2011 around that time um my, one of my first booked gigs with Jagged Edge was in Connecticut. This eight, this promoter at the time who had booked them for the theater in Connecticut, you know, we started talking about different business ventures and stuff like that. He hired me to deal with the artist. Like, he would book the acts, but he didn't want to deal with the acts. So mm-hmm. he, had, he hired me as a liaison. So whenever he had an act, you know, in Orlando, he booked Trey Songs, he booked Buster Rhymes. That's how I started meeting some of these folks. He booked me to like deal with them and mm. like make sure they were straight and he just handled the money. <laughs> Young like, make liaison, sure. son. Yeah. So he would he would handle me. Um he would he would like, you know, he's like, Okay, I just wanna make sure I get my picture. They get their back end, make sure that they you know, they're alcohol and they're writer and yeah. everything's being handled um during show day. So he hired me to do a few of those things and that's how I ended up meeting Slick Rick, who has been a client and a friend since two thousand and I was about Nine. to ask her. I, I, <laughs> I didn't even want to get into that yet, but she's taking me there naturally. So, so. yeah, he had a huge show in Bridgeport, Connecticut <clears throat> um, called the Fresh Fest. And if anybody knows the history of Fresh That's Fest. That's been going the since first, the 80s, right? It's the first um, big hip-hop. It's the first hip-hop show. Like, the first lineup of hip-hop acts was called the Fresh Fest. Mm-hmm. It was, like, um, it was Houdini. It was... Uh, Beastie Boys, it was like the, the first acts, right? It was the first act. So the Fresh Fest has been like a name that people have taken, you know, and done their own acts. But this promoter did the Fresh Fest in Bridgeport, Connecticut, and it was MC Light, uh, Slick Rick, Rakim, Big Daddy Kane, um, Houdini. I think he did. He did a f- he did really great acts. It was like an over ten thousand seater, mm. and um, Rick's wife is uh, her name is Mandy. Shout out to her. She's Puerto Rican. And I think, um, you know, we connected and we just vibed. And from there, we started doing some things together. You know, Rick needed a bio done. She knew some of my background, so she had me write his bio. And that's how we started working together. And I've been with them since then. Um, so that was happening all while I was at Slip and Slide as well. So I started doing So you was busting moves on your own accord. I was figuring out my way. 
but still, you're, yeah, you're I, was, there. I was figuring out my way and, and building my, excuse me, building my own set of contacts and my own resume, so to speak, um, as I was with Slip and Slide. And you were working, um, you had already left the, like the regular day job shit? Yeah, it was um by then, yeah, it was like a it was June of like 2009, I want to say, 9 or 10 that I officially stopped working at the improv. Like they would call me, like they used to cuz they knew I was like trying to do other things, so they would call me like, "Hey, can you work this show? Hey, can you work this show?" And sometimes yes, some I could, sometimes I couldn't because I'd either be on the road or just doing other shit. And then they, uh, I think they stopped calling me or I stopped calling. I think they stopped calling me probably. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and, and from there it was a, you know, I definitely wasn't making the money I was making at the improv at first to tell you that. But but what kept you, ge- like if you if you take a, like a, because I just, I just quit a job yesterday. <laughs> I swear to God, like a job right. that I've been doing for like, since, for like five years. Right. On and off. Mo- mostly on, then off. And yesterday, I, f- I guess I finally came to the point of being like, you know what? I'm going to go out on this fucking on le- this limb. Le- yeah, we'll go out on the limb because I don't know where the money's right, coming from. Right, but it's going to come. And but, then it, but it did. Like, the money that I didn't, that I was scared to walk away from, but I knew I was worth more. Right. It came in without me even having it on the schedule. Right. But I had to go and, and be like, And it always oh. happens like that. I mean, like. I, I didn't start making a steady check until I moved to New York, just mm. keeping it 1,000. How long have you been in New York? Since I've been in six years. Um, uh, March 24th will make it six years that I've been living up here. Since you, but since from when you started your journey, excuse me, with um, Slip and Slide, as far as like branching right. out it from was your like day five, job it shit? It was five years. It was five years that I was not making a steady check. I was making a percentage of a percentage from booked acts. I was, you know, dealing with... Uh, you know, getting it. It was really a lot of my income came from shows, from booking shows, from having promoters. You know, uh, hire me to. You do. was getting that liaison money, right? The liaison money. <laughs> um, I wasn't getting a steady check, even. Right. E- and, but that's like I know. I don't know if a lot of people that are trying to get in the business now understand. But that's the way it's always been. Like it was. It was a an honor to say that you were lined up with these people back in the days. You were working at Def Jam or you were working with these artists and you were just fetching them coffee or, yeah, yeah. you know, making copies. Oh, my God, I'm in these buildings. Right. Nowadays, people just want to feel like, oh, I got a 1,000 Instagram followers. You should fucking give me a right. check because I'm putting up your shit. Yeah, some, I, I, we invited someone to do the joint and he was like, yo, you got to send me like a drive. I'm like, what <laughs> the fuck are you saying? <laughs> I've had fucking big people that are like, yo, they just come. But anyway, right. but that's funny. It's not funny, but it reminds me of, uh, it reminds me, I think, like, from, like, how I started, basically, was I just studied, like, I never knew anyone successful right. in my whole life. Like, maybe successful as far as they check the check successful. And that was like, oh, wow. But I studied the people that did it, like, the greatest people that did it before me in a lot of different fields, not just comedy. But that was the underlying thing in everybody's story was that they started at the bottom. So my approach was already like, I got to find that because that's going to get me in. Like you said, just to be in. Like, I didn't even have to be on the show. If I could clean the tables at a show where this guy is at, I feel like, all right, I'm I'm, I'm getting a step closer without feeling bad. Like, that was the payment for me. Right. And even even when I was at the comedy club, I mean, I'm going to be forever in debt to the comedy club, to the improv, to... You know, 
the entire staff there and yo rest in peace Charlie Murphy. I want to say this. You, I don't, you hold don't, on. I, don't think I remember you know coming. No, I do. Hold on. You know shut up. Charlie's I didn't mean to say shut oh. up, but like, <laughs> yo, you invited because this is the homie. We was, you know, we would hang out back in the right. day. Right. And I remember, I don't know what it was, but you would scoop me up sometime. I was living on the beach in the fucking hood, oh son. Oh, my God. That was when yes. I, before I moved, but I was in the, <laughs> I was in like the projects of Miami Beach back, like Bedbug Central, son. <laughs> and she would scoop me up. And that shit was like, like I don't know. I just felt like I didn't really have much friends because it, right. it was at the tail end of me hustling. Right. So it was like when I lost everything, I'm in the projects of Miami Beach. And right. like, but that's where I met my realest and truest friends. Where right. It was like fucked up. So I remember you would scoop me up. We would chill, whatever. And I'll never forget one time. I think I may have been thinking about doing comedy, but still like not telling nobody right. just on the fence. So I'm hanging out with her at her crib. And I don't forget, you had these dope-ass um, Tims. It was like chicken and broccoli back then. I remember those. <laughs> so, and then, so she had a, she had these, uh, you had um, something, you had like uh, some paperwork on your bed. And it had to do with Charlie Murphy. And it was because he was doing this thing with Jordan. It was, oh, uh, he the was Leroy, Leroy Smith. Leroy Smith. He was Leroy Smith. And I was like, yo, that shit was so fucking lit. But like, I don't know why. I just remember that right, right now. Right. Like, damn, so. Wait, so she knows you. She knows you from when all the shit that you tell me, you can't talk to me about. Well, she knew me like after oh, the after. tail like end of that. Oh, yeah, okay. tail end the of that. Tail end. Yeah. I just hear the stories, but I don't know. But like, but you I know what's funny? I remember still kind of a little bit in it, but I remember being at like a cafe, uh, um, internet cafe in Miami Beach on South Beach. It was called uh, Kafka's Cafe on 14th. I don't remember what street it was on, but it was on, it was on, uh, uh, whatever, Washington. And for some reason, I was like, it was the Dat Piff days when you just go fucking go online Down and you put something shit, in. Right. And I was like listening to the Drake shit at that point. Cause I think you were like in my ear, like, yo, I'm telling you, this is the hottest shit. And I was like, no way. <laughs> but yeah, she, so she know, but she knows me from like, just like, I'm telling you, dude, I was fucking lost, bro. Like, I didn't know. It was probably probably like after you left already, and then maybe like like working retail in um, Little Haiti in uh, no Liberty City, and then like just going through shit. But you had already left though. You had already you were already on your fucking way, dude. I and would, that shit was dope. Miami. I mean, you know, for my I'm, in Miami, I hit. I feel like I hit a ceiling in my life. It wasn't mm-hmm. even like on my career. I mean, so many things to me. So so many things happened to me personally that I felt like I had to start new. Mm-hmm. So I had I felt like I wouldn't have grown in my life and matured if I didn't leave Miami. But um, back to going to the comedy club, I'm, I'm, I'm going to forever be in debt to the comedy club because I felt like even there I was learning my hustle and trying to figure it out because I remember like comedians would want to go out. Mm-hmm. And like me and my homegirl, shout out to Roz, you know, we um, we would take the comedians to, like, bookings. Not even bookings. Like, they used to want to host, you know, go out to the club afterwards. Yeah. And we knew the clubs out in the beach that were popping. So I meant you I love hate, them. by the way. Love yes. hate. Love Shout hate. out to some <laughs> more market, everybody. That shit was so lit. And they, st- they don't have the club anymore, but they still do, like, once a month segments What was that? There. He had, did, what was his name? He had the Sundays on lock. Self DJ Self Born. Yeah, he was the fucking man, dude. Yes. He still he DJs now. He does the love hate thing on Thursdays at um at this spot um called World Famous House of Mac on the beach. I just went to it when I was down there. But um but yeah and and the they would wanna always hang out and I would we would end up taking them to like back in the days it was the Forge and it was um Love Hate and it was 
all these other nice clubs and stuff. And I was like, I was getting in with the clubs. I didn't know. I was, I was trying to figure it out. I right. was like, okay, they want to hang out. Let's go take them out and show them a good time in the town. And we ended up, and then I got my first booking. It was, um, it was Charlie. It was Charlie um, at this spot called Cafe Iguanas, and <laughs> it was my first. <laughs> That shit was a wreck. But it was after one of his shows, and you know, I got him a, a small booking. Um, and then from there it was it was oh my god, it was a horrible situation. I'm not gonna mention the comedian's name, but I fucked up his shit so badly. Wow, what happened? Because I didn't know contracts back then. I didn't mm, know that mm, you needed mm, to secure mm, things with contracts and deposits and stuff like that. So I had one booking go right, and the guy was just like, boom. So I was like, oh, it's gonna be this easy again. Oh, so I ended up booking this particular comedian very big i mean he still is a big comedian but he was doing his weekend shows at the improv and i was like oh yeah five thousand dollars there was some shit and they're like yeah oh, sure. you know you gonna hop on that and i was yeah. like oh i'm gonna get my little five hundred i'll be popping and i remember i got to the club and homeboy wasn't there to give me the money and i didn't but i didn't even, i just showed up to the club that night like oh he's gonna give me the five thousand not even like, oh, I had to get a deposit. to see. And, the, and the comedian trusted me right. to not give him a deposit. He was like, oh, I'm just pick up all the money that day. <laughs> when I tell you, oh, oh my no. God. I, Is he still running around now? He, yes. The oh. com- I'm not going to say his name because I'm not going to put his business out there. But, like, it was, it was, yeah, it was like, but he ended up staying. Like, the, the club manager at the time was still a very, very good friend of mine. You know, I told him the situation. I was literally, I think, about to freak out because I was like, oh, my God, this guy I made a deal with. He's out of here. The guy's never been in the club. And he's like, listen, I can't give you 5000 I'll give you 500 because we were already promoting the guy and right, stuff like right, that. Right, right, so right. I was like, okay. So I hit up the guy's, the comedian's manager. And I, well, I waited for him to get there, actually, so I didn't have to face him on the phone. And then they turned around. So I waited for him to get there. And I was like, so this is the situation. And he's like, all right, we'll take the money. That never happened again, though. Never. But it happened. She like all she needed is one time, and it's not yeah, gonna happen so, again. Yeah, so so even but back even at the comedy club, I was like figuring shit out without knowing I was trying to figure shit out. I was like, oh. But did you know you had the sauce though? Because I knew you had the sauce I before didn't. before I knew what your sauce meant or like where it was going. I swear <laughs> to God, no, I'm telling you for real. Like I some people, know. some people, dude, some and it's like I'm, I'm gonna tell you, some people <laughs> when they walk into a room, it's a fucking like. You guys don't listen in. Some of you may know Marty, but some of you don't, right? But I know you from. She's, she could walk in somewhere and it's she's having her own party, like you have a vibe of like yo, you're you're one person party, and oh, okay. everybody gravitates party to bus. it. Yeah, but I'm saying that's the sauce where it's like you don't. If she walks in, I don't. I'm just gonna be like, man, what does she do? Oh really? Because it's your energy. Oh, it's a different energy. So sweet. You never knew you had the sauce. Um. And the juice. <laughs> I don't. You know, like I, I, I don't know. Like I, I, I don't. The sauce. Or did you? Were you ever aware of it? Like, did you ever sit back and, like, in hindsight, you go, "What's the common thing why people fucks with me so hard?" Did you never like say, "Oh," because like I'll do that shit. I'll be like, "Oh shit, people actually fucking love me." I think I always thought people fucked with me just because I'm I'm a pretty I'm a sincere person. I'm not um you know, I'm I I don't I don't allow what I do to define who I am. Mm. You know, so I I'm not sitting and thinking that I'm too big for certain shit and and I'm definitely not where I'm supposed to be in life. I'm, right. I have so much more to grow and learn from, but 
I mean, the sauce, uh, you know, I, 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 I don't, I, it's, it's hard for me to answer that. You know, I have heard people tell <laughs> She'd me. She's being humble right no, now. No, I've heard people say, like, you know, and I was thought it was, oh, because I was tall as hell and I like wearing heels and I'm kind of cute. But, you know, like, I don't know, the sauce, I mean, I appreciate it. It's hard for me to, like, even, like, ingest that. And I think I'm, that. No, no. Go ahead. No, no, I'm just telling you, like, my observation no. from what I, you know, some people have the sauce, some people don't have the fucking sauce. It's not, and it's not anything like you're better than anybody, but right. it's like, it's your energy. Like, I feel like your sauce, a lot of times, is, it's as simple as the vibe you have. Like, when you enter a room, when you leave a room, like, you go, who is that? Or, wow, who is that when they come? Or it's just a vibe, you know? And I think that helps us a lot, even at the small stages. You could be, like, I was fucking the door bus, door slash bus boy. But I had sauce where it was like, even if I didn't have nothing and I wasn't, it was an energy that people always was like, he's happy to be here. Even if I'm cleaning the tables, it was like, and guess what? Nobody can't take you out. Right. Because even if you're not the best at something, your sauce is what keeps you there. Because people are like, you know what? If nothing else, I want her around and I want to be around her. And they give you that wiggle room to learn. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. If, if that's what the sauce that's is, that's the sauce for then, me. That's then, my. Then I get this. Then I, I'm fucking ragu and shit. No shit. Real ass gangsters united. You feel me, ragu? Wait, so, did you know that he always says ragu? Yeah, ragu gang. Oh no. Yeah, ragu. Wow. <laughs> See, that's the that's the that's Bro, the vibe. Real ass, that's the real vibe. ass gangsters united. That's the sauce vibe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So, you you learn the ropes, kind of. As far as like dealing with people, right? Through getting them like bu- liaison, young liaison gods, <laughs> and, and then, so then from there, I remember. Also, I remember you would always be like, you would mention this lady, uh, Mona Scott, right? You would mention her, and I'd be like, what? And I ain't gonna lie, I was a little bit of a hater. I don't know, but you know what? Oh, you, really? You know where my hate was coming from because I was coming from. Like the tail end of my hustle, right? Which was like I'm this young kid. I was a young guy at the time, and I I, I felt like I did so much at a young age. So when I would look at you, or any of my friends for that matter, I was still coming into reality, right? Coming back into reality. It was like remember Farrington? I remember like I met Farrington. Oh my God, Farrington! But I met Farrington in the drug program. I got arrested, and then right. I had to do like this drug uh, drug program thing, and um. I don't even know why I bought that shit up. You would meet you. You met him. So I met him, and it's like my. I would like. I was still coming into because I'm pulling up to the drug program in like a BMW and like a fucking motorcycle, and he's like, "Who the fuck is this guy?" So I would look at it, and I didn't understand. Like, yo, you going to work? What? What do you mean you got a job? Like, I was a fucking idiot, dude. I didn't understand the world. Right. And like, you would be like. Yo, I'm 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 doing this or I'm working with this person and I wouldn't get it. Like I would be like, why are you not the boss? Like so I didn't understand even working your way up. Right. You know what I mean? Because I remember you from when you just started like, I guess working on those type of things or working with these people. Right. And I didn't get it until fast forward to today. You know. Well, Mona. Um, to be honest, uh, it was through someone that I worked at Slip and Slide that he left the label and moved to New York and started working with a, a, a business management firm called Wealth Management that actually handles Mona's, you know, Mona's company. Mm-hmm. And he mentioned um, to me that he thought 
Mona. Mona's looking for an assistant. You know, her sister's about to leave. I think you'd be a good fit for it. And at that time, I was like... And can you, real quick, can you tell everybody what Mo, who Mona Scott is and what she does? Mona Scott Young is the HBIC... No, she... Um, no, she HBIC. <laughs> <laughs> She's the CEO of Mona Me Entertainment. She is the executive producer of Love & Hip Hop and all its spinoffs. She is a mother, above all, a wife, a beautiful human being and family to me and... You know, really, uh, you know. Would you say me mentor? Mentor, absolutely. And she um, gave me an opportunity to, I guess, show my sauce. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I, and I rode the wave and I really, um, I, you know, I, I show and improve, you know, to get to this point where I am today. So she's definitely somebody who was very important in my life and, you know, is now considered family. So did you start off with her as an, as an assistant or did you start off like, um, how'd you start with it her? Was, it, was, um, it was this gentleman who, you know, thought that, we would be a good connection um and i never really i never got to her like it was it was he 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 recommended me to her so he told me to send me his to send me um to send him my resume which i did and i also at the time i already had made some connections um with some of the other things that i do that and people that were connected to mona mm -hmm. even when i was at slip and slide and you know revamping the management division i always i always looked up to violator management cuz they you know, we're turning, you know, hip hop wasn't supposed to do what it's done today. Mm -hmm. And the people that are behind the genre weren't supposed to be able to get into these corporate buildings and really run shit mm -hmm. and like really get checks off these people. So I felt like Violator, you know, and even Steve Stout and, you know, these folks that I look up to were doing that. They were making hip hop global. They were making hip hop corporate, mm -hmm. you know, and, and I wanted that to be boss man management in Miami, which was Slip and Slide's management team at the time. So, you know, when I knew of Amona because I knew who Chris was, so I was Googling her and I was like, oh my God, she's more behind the scenes or whatnot. And, um, you know, so when I was told that she was looking for an assistant and I sent over my resume, I had called a few people that I knew were connected to her after I did some research. And what's crazy is that it was three gentlemen, it was an artist, it was two executives. It was um, the manager of one of the of one of the artists that I called to to recommend me. I actually find out years later that he, when I told them, "Hey, Mona's looking for somebody. Can you recommend me to her?" You know, I'm told later on that he actually called Mona and was like, "Hey, I heard you're looking for. A, I heard you're looking for somebody." Mm, like basically, her right. You know, and I actually heard that years later. But you know, you know, listen, when when something is meant for you. Nobody Nothing, can't nobody, stand in the way. Nobody, nobody can stand in the way of it. But you know, I um. Did you how how soon? <laughs> when did you find that out? I honestly, the first time I sat down with Mona. Oh shit! Because I told her I was like, hey, so you know, I had told these people to recommend me to you, mm -hmm. and she's like, oh, oh yeah, he called me asking me if I had a job. I'm asking if I had a job available for him. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was That's like, crazy. oh, really? So I, he doesn't know. He doesn't. So you telling me? Hold on, real quick. <laughs> hold on. See, this is like real, real, real shit. Like, cause something like that happened to me. Not exactly, but like you telling right. me that early on in your fucking journey on, right. on your way, you didn't see that and go, oh, I'm on the way. Like, cause I feel like when you're at the lowest level and right. people try to hate on you at the lowest level, that's like if you're out there, you listening to this and you at a low level and people are hating on you, you're on the fucking way, dude. Amen. You're on the fucking way. Amen. Dude. She's seen that happen to me. She's seen that happen to me. 
people hated on me mad hard at work. Dude, you're on the fucking way. Did I, I know not, I am. Did I, I not tell you that? It's a year Listen, later. People it's a only year later. throw shade to light. You know, Ooh. so that might gotta be like the fucking caption of this shit. So so just That's always know that people throw shade to what's bright. Mm. So you know, but so I, I connected with Mona. It was, you know, after they never I never connected with her in that time. Mm-hmm. That first time initially, you know, so then come back around. I'm trying to figure I'm trying to, at this point, you know, I had a lot of personal battles that happened in Miami. You know, I had my half of my family had passed away in a matter of a five month span between 2009, 2010. I was at a very low point in my life. And um, I just I needed to leave mm-hmm. Miami. You know, I, I had did you you was that like something you were just like, this is it, even if like. Like you, not knowing which way you were going. I always felt like I needed, I, like I I wanted to explore outside of Miami. But my family being older, you know, my father passed away at eighty. Um, I was twenty two when he passed. Um, my grandparents being ninety five, ninety six years old when they passed. I was always around older folks, and mm-hmm. I don't know if it's the Latino community, but you know, we were always raised around being very very Tight. close and, yeah. and living all in the same household basically you mm-hmm. know and nobody leaving anybody and you know in retirement homes and things like that didn't exist in in my household so you know we were there with my dad when he got sick and my grandparents when they got sick until they passed and it, nobody was taking care of them but us so um and more so my mother you know who's my mother is she's such a queen and um but yeah like you know i was I had I had a really fucked up relationship. Um, you know, I, I was I was with a bo- a man when I was in high school till college, and I, you know, I this sometimes I look at myself and I'm like, damn, I can't believe that I'm here mm-hmm. because you know I was with a guy from the age of fourteen to twenty, damn. and I thought that my life was set. You know, I had. Uh, basically marriage you know mm-hmm. it was like i i very got with this bo- guy very young and i figured you know i was i'm gonna go to college i'm gonna get my degree in criminal justice i'm gonna be a cop or i'm gonna be something in the law I enforcement see, i could see you as a cop but he's <laughs> too much of a babe to be a cop. Uh, <laughs> not to say there's some babe cops you're not saying you can't be right. a babe and be a cop but you i fi- you know it's, I, I figured like around that age when you're trying to figure out your life and trying to see where you wanted to go and what you wanted to do, I I thought my life was set. Mm-hmm. So when that relationship went really south, and you know, and combined with all the other things that was were this happening, happening around the same time, it was it was that relationship ended like officially in two thousand and seven. Officially, okay. like it was like we were back and forth for a couple years until officially we ended in two thousand and seven, and then I was like, it, it it was almost like a reset in my life. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hold up. What was that? 
boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, like the years of like having fun and doing all these things when you're like a, a, you know, a young adult. I mean, I was still a young adult, but like being a teenager and, you know, I was I was taking care of a man in high crazy. school. I was taking care of a man in my 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 years in college. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know what it was like to like, I wanted to, you know, do all the college things, but I didn't do any of that. So, um, you know, that coupled up with like, okay, I hit a reset button in my life. I thought I was going to do this. This is not happening. So now I have to see what I want to do. So that's when I started really going into bartending and like, you know, getting myself out of this box that I was in. Domesticated box. Yeah. I was in this domesticated box. I didn't really have friends like that. I was bullied when I was in school. So it's not like I grew up with like this group of folks ever mm-hmm. since I was like ten years old. I don't know what that is. Damn. My oldest friend is when ever since I was fifteen, sixteen and I um and I got my first job mm-hmm. at Johnny Rockets. So that's been my longest Which one? friend. The one in Dadeland Mall. Oh, <laughs> So that was your first that official was my tissue first job? job? Yeah. Okay. And so my oldest friend is from my job, not even from school. So um I don't know. Like I, I I'm saying all that to say like when you think you have things figured out and you think that you have your life figured out, that's when God and the universe put a whole That's just crazy. A whole a bag of fucking Rush like, okay, you think you got to figure it out? Poop. Shit is not what you think it's going to be. That's, I feel like the same way kind of like so, like, my middle, I guess the time, I was getting in trouble when I was a kid. So, right. my mom kicked me out when I was, like, 14, 15. Right. And then, like, between 15 and 16, I was, like, like, my mom's kicked me out. I had to go live with my, my dad that I'm not really, I wasn't really cool with. Right. So, there was a weird dynamic. But I never got to be a child. Right. Because I didn't go to school when I was a kid. Like, I was in high school. I'm like, I'm not going to fucking school. And then, going with him, he was, like. Uh, you don't want to go to school? You just chill at the crib until you're old enough to get a real job. Mm. And I remember being in Atlanta and looking out the window and seeing kids go to like high school and being like, "Damn, I want to go to school now." Right. And then, so and then fast forward to that, like working when I'm like 16, getting a real job, and then going to like Job Corps and then getting arrested and then like right. coming home and then like going to then starting pretty much starting to hustle at like 18 to like 20 seven or something like 26 27 and then so like so today like right now i feel so out of the loop with so much shit right when people be like yo did you see this movie or did you do this i'm like dude i was living i was living a fucked up weird life (laughs) (laughs) while y'all was watching dawson's creek i was fucking doing some bugged out shit shit. same here same here people ask me oh did you ever watch um like this classic (laughs) lion king and all these classic movies and i'm like robocop yeah, and like, fucking like, nah, Terminator, and, and I'm but like, but even with your even with your grandparents and your dad, it's like, yo, even with that, you don't have time to be fucking doing the the same thing that these other kids are doing. Right, you're looking after your family. I'm, I'm, you know I'm helping mean? my mom look after her family, but more so, I was also like, I was such a crazy teenager. I was, you know, <laughs> and I was, I was also like, 
You know, I was first, I'm first generation, you know, in this country. My family had a very different way in raising me from what I was around. Yeah, my entire family is Cuban. And, um, and I just, you know, when kids were growing up doing like Barbies and all this stuff, I remember I had like a dollhouse and I would play with lizards. Like it was like very. I remember like little lizards and I cut their tails that off and I put them in the dollhouse. Like I mean, I had Barbies and here and there, but, like but I was I like lizards and I like <laughs> like weird shit. Right. And so I was just I was raised culturally. I was raised differently. Like even getting into hip hop, I think I, it was a very different road for me because people like I I got into hip hop in '97. I think one of the best years for hip hop was '97, mm. and. When people went forward, like into like the new wave, I went back. Mm. So like I was going like '97 and like those th- th- that music and Tupac and I going to I remember Sam Goodies and getting the four, um, the four track sampler with hit 'em up and fucking Two America's okay, Most Wanted and like. And and Eminem, I was an obsession with, you know, when he first came out. But I went back, so I went back to Big L. I went back to Tim Dog. I went back, like I didn't go forward. Mm. Well, I think that's why, like, I work so well with the Golden Era rappers, and I've had Rick for such a long time because it's such a, it's different. I think Miami, though, I'll be honest, Miami has a rich culture as far as like old school, like OG hip hop. Like even for me, like I ended up. I ended up like being submerged in I guess being being submerged in uh the graffiti slash hip hop culture in Miami. Like I grew up in the Bronx, but right. like I didn't know I didn't know like I knew I saw it, I knew it, but I wasn't like in it. I didn't like my friends weren't doing it. So like fast forward to when I'm living with Atomic or like hanging out with Abstract every fucking day, you know, Abstract's opened up a showroom. No, I saw. If I he seen didn't you. already, no, he did. He did. I he seen did. Yeah, he had. I think for I Basel, I was gonna go he to his the... opening. It's so. It's so dope, yeah. yo. But like even that, that's what I'm yeah. saying. My friends, like he was. I seen this one like second time. I said the third time on the podcast was like, I remember me and him used to do custom sneakers together for Philly and Miami right. on the beach. And we would always make fun, not make. We would make fun of the the owner dude because he would try to jerk us on our money, but like. We were friends, so it's like we'd be drink, drinking, smoking weed, and like we would just be like, "Yo, just fucking make fun of this dude." Right. Be like, but we still didn't get paid. We would go there and like wait for hours, like, "Yo, he say he's gonna be here like midnight or some shit." <laughs> but then to fast forward to see him actually working for with Nike, right? You know what I mean? So like dope. when you don't get, it's like you, whatever. So I don't, I don't remember where we were going. I'm lost. We, we we're just we're like having like a, a reunion slash like. They don't understand. Time. They don't understand. You used history. to pull up in the what was that? The Denali in the Tahoe in the Tahoe with the, the with the chromes on it with the chrome rims <laughs> with the pewter seats. You know what I'm saying? With the with the system bumping, <laughs> rolling through the fucking alleys of Miami Beach like a. Fu- I remember one I time who tinted, was moving. I had the tinted windows and then a girl with glasses would pop out. Yeah, whenever the de- you <laughs> you know how many DJs she helped move equipment for. You know how many DJs was like, yo, Marty, I need my turntables over here, man. You know how many, come on, man, y'all need to fucking holla at her, man. Don't forget, don't act, don't act like we forgot. Oh, you are so funny. I'm telling you, I remember. It was one time it was me, you, K-Razor, and uh, oh, I forgot the other dude's OG. name. And you you would, uh, I, we were hanging out, or like, but before we hung out, you had to like drop some shit off, and I was like, I guess. 
You never. I mean, you always was a good friend. I was just rolling. I would be doing mad little fucking. Dude, I was just happy to be there. <laughs> I was fucking happy to be there, dude. Like, like, it's so weird. Like, even fast forward to now where I'm at in my life. Like, I was just telling uh, the girl that works here, Taylor, about like. So I'm single now, right? Uh-oh. But I'm I'm doing this thing now, like Wait, that I've never I, done in I my had, life. I had a little. I saw a little, little cutie. <sighs> Let's not talk about no, that. No, yeah, we talk about whatever. Okay, because I saw a little cutie in your Instagram. Yeah, that fell apart probably. Oh, Whoever no. That was. Yeah, that was. And there's nothing. But it was just, it was, I'm sorry. The, it was the wrong people met at the wrong time and made a fantasy together and it, it, it unfolded. But so now my new shit, right, though, is talking. Yo, we just communicate on some honesty shit. Yo, this shit is fucking That's rigid. new for you? Because before, I think the underlying, sh- the structure was always off of lust. It okay. was always like lust as the, like, that's the, that's the that's foundation. That's the first thing, right. And then after that, I mean, there's nothing wrong to lust for someone, but that can't be like. Your foundation. Because now you're going into a fantasy already right. of like, yo, lust and like whatever this person wants to hear or whatever is right. going to take me to be in this relationship as opposed to like so yo what's your fucking favorite music right, <laughs> you know what I mean? right. like a little shit like yo so like i don't know like what do you like or like certain things like that right as opposed to like so it's good though you know so like i'm, I'm getting old I'm getting wiser should i say i'm trying to figure it out especially with the the shit going on how do you feel about because you're in the entertainment business how do you feel about like all of this stuff going on right now with like um, the se- sexual misconduct, sexual harassment, that type of thing in the workplace, or just in general, like how do you? Because I mean, and you deal, you're in, you're in the entertainment business, but right. you're predominantly in the hip hop, in the hip hop side, right. right? So that's like even more crazy and out there. I mean, I think, I think, I think it's been going on for a long time, and mm-hmm. people are just talking now. I do feel, um some people and I hope I'm not killed for saying this but I do think that some people are you and just like anything Mm -hmm. you know something you know a wave of something happens naturally and then there is a group of people that see this as a a mechanism because it's funny a friend of mine the other day he said oh my god like he had a car accident and you know he's going through therapy and everything and he's like, he went to the doctor and he's like, like basically like the American dream is lawsuits, mm. which <laughs> when he fact. said that, I'm like, and then he was kind of breaking it down for me. And I'm like, damn, it makes sense. So I'm saying that to say, I definitely think that sexual misconduct has been going on for a very long time mm-hmm. in our business. Um, but then I feel like there's people that are disingenuine <coughs> that are seeing this. Like they do everything as a scheme or mm. as a plot to like, you know, so come up. to come up with, with everything, with religion, with uh, with anything, right. people take advantage and are just, you know, culture vultures or whatnot. Do you, do you feel like this is, I was talking to, <coughs> excuse me, I was talking to someone earlier. Do you feel like, um, do you feel like this will change the scope of, I think, male and, and female interactions as far as, like, in business moving forward? Do you feel like maybe, like, dudes will be a little less and women will be a little less? 
Yo, you ready for the term? I, I fucking kind of, I won't say, I don't want to say I totally came up with it on my own last night, but I want to say I did. Articulating your boundaries. Do you think that might help moving forward? Like when people articulate, because like even with me talking about like how I was like, the structure was always lust. Right. It's different if I articulated that in a conversation with someone prior to hooking up with them. Right. Being like, yo, basically this is what it is. Right. Because I think there's that there's that fear of being totally honest and that honest and not getting what you're lusting. As opposed to just being like, well, let's see what happens. Right. I mean, I, I do. I, I agree that the articulation of the boundaries should definitely. I mean, it, it's. It should definitely be utilized more if it hasn't been already, just so you're very clear in what your, you know, what your restrictions are, what your things are and not. Just, you know, just at, we're, at, we're at a very, we're at a time where things are extremely, um, I don't want to say sensitive, but like they're just very. Like, you're just, <laughs> fucking sensitive you're is just, the word, just, though. You know, no, because I, I, I get it. You know, again, like sexual misconduct and those type of things have been have been prevalent forever. for a long time. Yeah, it forever. has been. It's just like it's getting light now. Right. Just like a lot of issues are getting light now, but they've been going on forever. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, just to, just for sake of clarity and, you know, take out the bullshit. Just be very clear in what your boundaries and restrictions and what your, you know, your your. um what your what what's the word when what your preference what, what no what your what are what do your parents say what are your um what, no what are your um like you know when when uh, what do your parents say like what is your intentions mm. what your intentions mm. are for somebody see that's why i feel like I, I just thought of this right now right and you can agree or disagree okay i feel like that's why rappers don't get in trouble because they say it on that song it's like suck my dick bitch that's what i need you to do and you're just like oh, okay i know what he wants to do if we hang out like it's not there's no blurred lines there it's like no bust it open bitch you're like okay that's what he likes i see what he likes he's making it very clear and he's telling millions of people this at one time damn yo because I was like, yo, I don't know rappers. That's why. They be in court like, yo, your honor listen to track four. <laughs> and Says it right, right there, yo. Just put hear, it on the floor. Hear my intentions in the track. <laughs> I mean, listen, <clears throat> like, forward thinking. Right. <laughs> Hip hop is forward but thinking. But that's ill, too, because you, I'm pretty sure you, you know, not to be uh, objectifying you or nothing like that, but you're, you're a, a very pretty woman. Thank you. So I'm pretty sure this dude's coming at you all the time. And you like we you you weave them. You like get off me, get off. Not physically, but like you know, advances or whatever it is. Right. But then you keep going. Right. So how does that how does that even work? Um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't bullshit. <laughs> like mm. I, I don't even, I don't even know. I don't, I don't want to say that there are women that do bullshit, but you know, do there's there's women that that utilize their looks to get them things yeah and you know what at the end of the day do you i'm yeah. not here to judge anybody and and i'm not here to say what you know how you get to where you need to get because mm -hmm. as long as you know who's ever getting a check kudos to right. you you know um but yeah like if some and, and people have tried it every motherfucking day but you're not it's not gonna go past what you, you trying right. you know it's not you know you you try i say no we keep it pushing mm. i'm not sitting there holding on to the Trying, don't sit there and hold on to the no. Let's just keep business as <laughs> usual. <laughs> Fucking G shit. <laughs> like, OG liaison shit. Right. And, and you know, <laughs> yeah, like, I, and I've, I've just, yeah. And I think I'm tall, too. 
Like, motherfuckers ain't going to try with me. And they see you, you with know. them chicken and broccoli Tims on. Yeah, it's like, hold up, yo. Right. She's like, I don't me even, out. I don't even, I don't even, I don't even <laughs> think I give, like, the vibe that I, I want to, I don't know. Because I'm like, I look halfway cute because I'm, you know, I'm coming to this today, but on, on, give me. Sauce, though. you sauce. I've I seen you in white <laughs> tees. I've seen you in white tees and sweats and Tims before. It's don't so think, funny. I don't know a friend you. of mine, I had put up, like, one good photo, um, maybe like five weeks ago on the gram, like as a closing out to the year. Cause mm-hmm. I was like being threatened by friends. Like I'm going to put this picture up if you don't post it up. And I was like, fuck it. I'll put it up. And one, a friend of mine was like, is that your twin sister? Because if it's you, I don't see you in sweats. Like he, you know, like he knows me <laughs> yeah. so well. So no, I'm like, you know, I'm very tomboy. I, so even getting in this, even getting in this game, even like, you know, okay, I have to look nice. Even it's so funny. Cause I'm like, Dan, are we gonna be in camera? He was like, "Well, we do take some videos." I said, "Okay, hair makeup." <laughs> Even like getting used to that right. is like a little, you know, a right. little a very new for me. All right, so take me to Love and Hip Hop Miami. Okay, we gotta get out of here. Yes. So. Oh, okay. Love been, and Hip Hop Miami. This has been such a great, like, it's just been such a no, reunion. I know, I know we're just taking some time. I mean, fast forward. Listen, you know, like I, I came up here in 2012. Um, to again, New York. To New York. Mona, um, Mona gave me a chance to show my skills, and mm-hmm. you know I did. And and you know Miami's been a challenge to get on the airwaves. So shout out to the city because we have gone through a lot of trials and tribulations and and getting it to January first air date and mm. premiere. You know, um, it was it's the second time Miami was in the running to being a, a city on the franchise. The first time was in 2011. Um, so it was, it was, and it, and and I took the I took the job very personal when it came a second time around because I just feel like the city has so much untapped talent and mm-hmm. so many people that you know just deserve an opportunity to tell their stories and working in the industry and really you know I'm I'm I was born in Jersey but I was raised in Miami so you know the 305 is really what's is what's ingrained in me mm-hmm. and working in the industry there and, and meeting the people there and working with the women down there and the labels. And I just feel like, you know, it's either like you leave the city to go somewhere else and make it, but you don't make it in Miami. Like you, you are going to be, you gotta be that, made and then go to Miami. Right. <laughs> you know, it's so true because it's like, you know, you're, you're always mm-hmm. like even rappers that I worked with back in the days down there, they would always tour these like, they would call it the Chitlin Circuit. Mm-hmm, It'd be mm-hmm. like the Tennessees, Alabamas, Mississippis, and Floridas. Like they tour and they they wouldn't go past three thousand dollars a booking. Right. You know, like they'd be known in their little hometown. And I just felt like there was so much to 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 there there's so much to grow from that, you know, and, and, and I'm just happy that we we're here and Miami's numbers are doing amazing and nice. I'm just so proud of the city and how and did you feel? Like when did you get the call? When did you know like yo, you're gonna be co executive producer well, on the season? It wasn't that easy. Um it was it was it was proving myself. Um I was um, you know, December of two thousand and fifteen there was conversations about adding another city to the franchise. So there was other cities in the running. It was a lot to get here. So I'm so grateful and and I'm grateful for the people that are watching the show and 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 loving it. Like we're really getting a great, you know, and there's always going to be the people that have their opinions but about But dude, Miami, are. you got to understand the, the people out there if you've never been there and I don't mean South Beach, I mean the Real city. Mi- and I think that's how we did it, you know. I you know, not to not to say not to say like but I think the fact that 
there was really somebody behind the scenes that knew the city, you know, and really knew, like, there's not just this part, you know. I remember even bringing the the concept of, you know, know, bridging, you know, there's a whole other world on the other side of the bridge. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of people don't know that. They don't know that Miami's still the South. I'll never forget the first time. So I started work, and, like, that's why, you know, Francis, my dude, like, he would bring me out. Because all I would, I never fuck with the other side of the bridge. Until, like, you know, hanging with the homies. It's like, yo, I'll never forget we went to, um, it was the Martin Luther King Day parade. Joint, parade joint. But, like, late night. And, yo, that shit was so crazy. Yep. And I was like, yeah, like, that shit needs to be its own documentary. Right. That one fucking day. Because right. I never seen nothing like it. Like, in Harlem, you see dudes on their bikes, you know, in the summertime or whatever. They'll come out, the packs, mad people. But, like, this shit was like nothing ever. People in front, everybody in front of their house, everybody on the block, right? All the donks was out, right? The music was pumping. Right. It was just, and it felt so com. It felt like a community. Even me not being from there, right? I felt like I was walking around saying what up, chilling, drinking, drinking Hennessy on the streets, <laughs> being mad <laughs> ratchet. And I'm like, I love this shit. But like, if you didn't know about it, right? You would never know about it. You would it. never know, right? And I think, I think. I think love and hip hop. I think we were able to really capture like you're gonna like watching the entire season. You'll get a glimpse of everything. We have obviously we have the Latin, you know, the Latin culture, which mm-hmm. is very prominent down there. But we also have you know the southern hip hop down there. We have the dunks. We have the the Caribbean. We have the the the, the this huge um, compa fest that we mm-hmm. have that we were able to film at. Like it was, we show so many different parts of the city. And people don't realize the culture down there. It's that such a melting diverse. pot. It's yeah. such a melting pot. So I'm really, I'm just grateful. And, and I just hope that people still love it and they continue to love it. And, you know, hopefully we get a season two. All right. So, yo, this is the part of the podcast where we ask, I guess, uh, the, I guess the favorite questions from fans. Dan, what do we got? You ready? What fans? We have fans. Don't that, think we don't. Oh, I question. thought you were talking about, I know y'all got fans. No, you got, you about to have mad fans. Yeah, they're all going to start hitting you up. <laughs> kidding me? This fucking M's. What? Yo, what is your favorite bodega item you've only seen in a New York bodega? Oh, my God. I'm going to have a corny answer. Like, turkey sandwiches. <laughs> Yo, that shit was like, you mean like pre-made or like, like? Like made right there. What? Like you can get breakfast, lunch, and dinner at a bodega. That is that's a, a big deal. That is a fact. Like they don't do Miami? that in Miami? That's, no. not, a, that's not a bad answer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They great. don't do that in Miami. Because you got to go to a sandwich spot. spot. They don't do the sandwiches and the little whoop whoop and okay. all that. No. That's cool. I fucked with it. And then like they definitely don't do the sandwiches while they smoke in Newports. That's also. And then you have a little ash that has that little different taste. That's how you know know it's authentic. And it's from New York. And you Mm -hmm. got the cat. And then there's probably like a little cat hair in there. A little bit. Mm. What's your favorite word or phrase and why? My favorite word. Oh, my God. I haven't thought about that. My favorite word is. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) that's a good one that's the first answer we've ever had like that's the first thing i want to hear every time i ask a question yes what would you do in the event of a zombie apocalypse i don't know i have thought about like i have these you know like 
do you ever picture yourself in a movie? Like, what would you do if you're in the middle of like, I don't know. I th- I would hope that I would attack, because mm. you know they have the they have the whole like fight, flight, or freeze mm-hmm. situation when you're going through something yeah, traumatic. You like, Yo, gonna pop off or you going <laughs> I hope I pop off. Power down. <laughs> I hope I pop off. All right, last one. What would you tell your seventh grade self now? Don't get that hickey. <laughs> hold up, hold up, hold up. I got up. my first and only hickey in the seventh grade. My mother slapped the shit Where out of it? me. Where was it? Was it on your neck or something? It was on my neck. Like very, obvious. very obvious. And my mother slapped the shit out of me in front of Mr. Bentley, who was my assistant principal at the oh, time. Oh, that's G, son. You got, my mom slapped me in front of the class <laughs> one day too, yo. <laughs> I was I was talking big shit and my mom's came and slapped. Remember the eraser for the chalkboard? My mom's picked that shit up and was like, wham! And then I had the lines on the side of my fro. Oh, oh shit! No, so I was I was um I was skipping school and I was I skipped school like I want to say like fifteen times in a row. Damn! Like so it it wasn't even like okay one day here one day there. I was like back to back to back to back to back and then, you know, he called my parents and my parents didn't know obviously and then I turn around. And my mom sees, no, he's like, what is that on your neck? And my mother is with her half, Marigamen! <laughs> Damn, yo. But she slapped the sense into you, though. She did. Because you never, after that day, no more hickeys. No more hickeys. No All more right. boys. No boys until, like, college. Okay. In closing. In closing couple things but thank um, you pd for no, having pff, me here please today. thank you you know you want to be sitting here yo, talking listen, for hours you, you didn't wanted, have a you didn't if you didn't have a stop time listen you one of them for, i don't have a stop just got someone to be after this. but you <laughs> you one of those people that is like i got certain friends uh-huh. that i accept this from if i text you and you don't text me right back i go i already know what you're doing you busting moves <laughs> so i'm never like i was like I don't understand when people get mad about like, yo, you didn't take me back. It's like, fucking, they're working. So you fall under that umbrella. You get the pass. But I do text you No, I know you back. do, you do, you okay. do, you do. I'm just saying, some people be like, yo, this motherfucker text me back two days or like a day. Like, I mean, I but know. I always feel like you make time for what you want to make time for. No, but, that's a fact. You know, but I, and, sometimes, and sometimes it's like mine, like, okay, I'm going to text him back as soon as I'm done with this mm-hmm. and I forget. Or sometimes That's you, the like, worst. Dude, I have a really bad memory. Sometimes you're not in that headspace. Sometimes you, you know, you're doing what you're doing. But, right. All right, so what's the next step? What do you do? Where, where are you going besides up? Because I know you're going up. You've been going up. Your trajectory is lit. Like, what's going on? What's next? Well... So this year, you know, Rick, I mean... 30 uh, fucking seasons, thir- man. That's no, crazy. No, 30 years. 30 years. The Great Adventures of Slick Rick. Yeah. It's the 30th anniversary. So, you know, God willing, you know, we'll have a lot of beautiful things. What's your favorite song that. off of that joint? Um, uh, I don't want to say a favorite because I love all of them. My favorite joint is, this is the moment I feared. Mm, like, that was my yeah. I, I, uh, yeah, I, I mean... I, yeah, Rick is just a Don, and, you know, I don't know if you guys have seen him out. You know, please follow him on Instagram, the Ruler NYC, And he's just, you know, he's just he's just so dope. And he's just, like, he's so innovative, and I just, I can't wait for you guys to see all the new stuff that he has in the works. Um, so that, that's definitely a big thing. Um, I have some of my own projects I'm developing uh, that are outside of the reality space. Mm. Um, so... God willing, that will all come to fruition this year. 
I'm very excited about that. Uh, and, you know, just continuing killing this fucking production game, bro. Just killing it. Bruh. Yo, what motivates you? What gets you going? What what gives you the fl- the fire that you have inside of you? Can you tell us, please? Oh, God. I don't mean to get so heavy with the light. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm just there like, wait, how do I answer this? Um, I mean, you know, I wasn't supposed to be doing this. I I I wasn't supposed like like I sometimes sit and I just think about like I I I can't first off I can't believe that I've been making a steady check off this game for the past motherfucking six years. That's like the first thing you know because so, there's so many people. It's like you know you go to the basketball courts and you see all the kids that are so dope in playing hoop. They're so dope, but you own you know like. One person's gonna make it to the NBA. You ever cry about that shit? Yeah. Yeah, I cried the other day. I swear to God, I, I did. Sw- like, like I sometimes I'll sit there and I'll just like, and I'll take every like people. Some people like my close circle of friends will be like, "You want to celebrate everything? Fuck yeah!" Like, we, I'm, I want to go celebrate this interview, interview, <laughs> and like dead ass, <laughs> we, I want to go. We gonna yeah. Turn up right now. Are you, kidding me? <laughs> you know, like I, 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 I want to because it, every single like. I don't want to wait for the big bang. Yeah. Like every day is such a gift, you know, and being able to still be em- like still be employed in mm-hmm. a game where it's hard to get a check from, you know, and 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 be and 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 above just getting a check, just being in a in a sense relative to pop culture mm-hmm. and changing like it's going to sound so cliché, but it's like you know, what what I think what I've been a part of is helping really change people's lives and it you know there's love and hip hop it, it has like Cardi people, B. people that people you know Cardi was self-made before the right. show you know we just you know we we I'm not even going to like oh people oh yeah you know you know it it opened up a new lane for her but she was definitely a new audience. On, yeah and and people you know and people didn't see her music skills mm-hmm. before the you know before so I think we helped that in that but Cardi's definitely self-made but outside of that I think I think for the just and I think in a in a sense like people that people that were counted out, people that weren't supposed to make a check and mm. make a bag and live a life, mm-hmm. you know, that people counted out and and you know, but had stories and had you know, circumstances that were that were people that were intriguing and interesting and and important to learn in the struggles because that's what hip hop is. Hip hop is us hope is hope for the hope of yeah, the hood coming up it's hope of the hood it's making something out of nothing, nothing. and that i think and i think that you know to a sense love and hip-hop you know the people that you were you know were told that your stories weren't meant to be heard or your stories yeah. weren't meant to be told or you're just the wife or you're just yeah. the baby mama or you're just a girlfriend or you're just some chick that's in the game like that you never gonna do nothing i think we to an extent helped tell their stories and, 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 you know, help them where they're at, where they're at not in life, you know, and I, I don't know how to explain it. I just find it very rewarding. You know, of course we deal with the bullshit who doesn't, but if you really are honest with yourselves, you know, you either have been through the shit that these people have been through, or, you know, somebody that's been through the shit that these people have been through. If you're really, really honest with yourselves and really look at yourself in the mirror. So, you know, listen, numbers don't lie. Like, we are in 18 seasons, four cities. So Damn. I'm just grateful that, you know, to be a part of it. But I'm going back to the motivating because I feel like I become long-winded when you ask That's me a fine. question. I like that. That's no, fine. I just, I'm just like, <clears throat> you know, just the, just 
just grateful for every day that I'm still able to do this and I still want to be able to continue doing this. So you made a, your motivation is the opportunity. Is the opportunity is my mom finally like, oh my God, Maria, I'm so sorry. Because she's like, you're finally making some money off this. Because you, you showed her. Money off this shit. She's so funny. She's like, when she was, when, when she tells me like not too long ago, she was like, you know, you used to always listen to that hip hop. And like she never knew what it was. She's like, <laughs> she's like, who would have known you listening to hip hop and hanging out right. in the hood would help you get to where you like? That's crazy. <laughs> That's a, it's a fucking fact, right. though. That shit is like it's mad touching because I feel this like Hope the, the same hood. shit, dude. Like I, I was like I mentioned, like dude, I was on the I was on the express bus coming to the city the other day, and right. like I had a pretty good weekend, you know, work and shit. And I'm thinking like where I started at. And right. thinking to be like, yo, I fucking get paid to talk shit. Right. Like, I wouldn't even, it wasn't even, like, I basically went to a place that was rowdy and just talked shit, and they gave me a little bag. And I was like, what? <laughs> so it hit me the next day, like, you know how many people you, like you said, you go by the park, or you go, like, where where, where you, you look around, and you're kind of like, all right, well, not everybody here gets paid to do this shit. Right. And like you're self-made, I'm self-made, so you're like I mean, Yo. I'm self-made. I I I'm always going to say like self-made is a term that I'm like I feel like you're always going to need somebody to help well, you yeah, get there. Well, yeah, but when I say self-made, I mean you like I see my man. You know Kev, Kevin Lawrence? I feel like you know him possibly. He has a that he had thermal sound, sound waves. I feel like you know. But anyway, I saw him at the Bronx Museum on Saturday, and mm-hmm. and we, I was just like, "Yo, I'm just trying to make it big, bro. I'm trying to work, just working." And he's like, "You know what you did that a lot of people didn't do from where we from? You left the fucking house. Amen. You left a yard. You left Miami. Amen. You left the house, and you was able to come back and in, in a in a way that you probably wouldn't have been able to Amen. come back to if you never left it. You know what I'm saying? And so, that takes let like, that takes." So much confidence, like courage, and, yeah. and cur- Let me not even say confidence, courage, because I yeah. definitely was not confident when I left home. I was like, I don't know what the fuck's gonna happen. I didn't even have a place to live when I left Miami. It was, it was a, a you know, a friend of mine was even telling me the other day, like, I can't believe. I remember you called me, and then the next day you're like, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm coming to see you because I'm leaving to New York, and the next day you were actually in New York. I couldn't believe it. Like <laughs> I really, it was like I was gone. A I was leap of out. Faith. Yeah, you took a leap of faith. And look, look, we're here today. But even still, like, it's even with your moms, that shit is, is dope because like the hope of the hood is, yo, they didn't believe in me at first, and then I kept going and I kept going right. and then. I kept going and I kept, and then it's like eventually you turn back and then now they're behind you. Like where before you look back and there was fucking tumbleweed and just like right. goonies and shit. <laughs> now you look back, you're like, oh, the whole fucking fam is here. All right, got to go. Last thing, though. Last thing. Uh, what would you tell somebody um, just trying to find their way, maybe doesn't have the courage or the confidence to take the leap of faith that you were able to have? Uh, what would you tell that person that like, you know, is kind of like, in between whether they should follow their or not even because you say you didn't really know like but you did take that leap of faith to be like let's see what happens like what would you tell that person i just i i got to a point in my life where i really i was like what's the worst that can happen i really got to that point in my life um with everything that was going on in my life in miami i was just like what's 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 the worst that can happen Mm. like i was already in some shit down there you know i was like Okay, if I have to, um, I have if I have to leave, I'll figure it out somewhere else. And if I don't, I'll always come back. Mm-hmm. You know, and thankfully, I never had to come back. Right. 
But um, but yeah, just just it's it's hard because you have to like nobody's gonna ever like. All, it's, it's important to surround yourself with people that are always going to encourage you but when you don't have that you really have to talk to yourself mm-hmm. you really have to like you really have to be able to to give yourself that that pep talk I don't know how many times even to this day I sit there and like I just can't live in my moment of misery or my moment of 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 but whatever bullshit is going on, you just have to you have to get a sense and know that this is not it, you know. And sometimes you have to like it's and you have to wait till you're ready for it. Like even if mm-hmm. anybody's gonna try to tell you, oh, you know, get out, get out, get out of whatever you're you're in the middle of, you have to you have to just push yourself out of there. You and you have, but you have to believe in yourself. You have to believe that you are worth more than whatever it is that you're going through at the moment, mm. as hard as it is. You're worth more. There you have it, people. Uh, Madi Carmen, thank you so much. Yo, thank you I gotta, for I gotta me. see you more often because yes. now I found out you over right over, over the, the pond. Bridge. You over the pond. Over yo. the you bridge. Act like you're in London. You over the pond. <laughs> over the pond. You over the yes. pond. Um, thank you so much for being a guest. Thank you for having um, me, guys. Make sure you check this out and keep listening, subscribing. Uh, what do you call that? Fucking uh, re- leaving your reviews and your comments. Oh, we yes. love it all. Um, Hope of the Hood, Hope check us out. Hood. SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Laughable, What Up Ned, and just ACAST, man. Thank you so much. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.